Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me today. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here to speak with you. <clears throat> As you heard Ashley mention, I'm a naturopathic doctor. <clears throat> Excuse me. I went to four years of naturopathic medical school in Arizona, and I was trained to treat the cause of disease and utilize natural therapies to restore the body back to balance. And naturopathic medicine believes that the body is able to heal when the conditions are right for healing. So I work with people to support these conditions. Um, let me tell you a little more how I got into this field. Like some of you, you may never have heard of the word naturopathic medicine, neither had I. Um, when I was in my 20s, I had an illness um, and I became very sick. I was over-medicated and heavily medicated and I continued to worsen and um, I exhausted just about everything conventional medicine or regular medicine had to offer. Um, I won't go into all the details of the story, but I was actually able to get better and heal when I was able to get off all the medication and treat the cause of the illness. So that opened my eyes to wonder, is there another way to practice medicine? And um, my aunt actually introduced me to the word naturopathic medicine. I did my research. There's only six, uh, there were only six schools in the country at the time, so I had to go away to pursue it. But, um, and the rest is history. Um, so in keeping with the theme of MOPS, free indeed, I want to talk to you about being free to make healthy choices and why that's so important for you and your family. First, let's talk about health. What does the word health mean anyway? Um, uh, the World Health Organization defines it as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. I consider health to be on a continuum and truly we will never be in perfect health until we're in our new perfect bodies in heaven. But every day, and usually many times throughout the day, we're making decisions that either increase greater health in our bodies or decrease health. Since we're not static beings, neither is our health. We're constantly moving in either towards greater health or in the opposite direction, which can become an environment for chronic illness and disease to establish. To me, health is also very individualized. We each have certain individualized factors that influence each of our body's health. So why is health so important? And why is it important to take care of yourself and make healthy choices? I can give you a lot of reasons. Um, it will improve your mood. It will give you more energy. It will build your immune system, prevent illness. And I know as a mom, all those things sound really good. <laughs> Most importantly, though, it honors God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And another version ends that last sentence and says, Therefore, honor God with your body. Wow, that's pretty strong. We have a command from God. Our bodies are not our own. They belong to him, and he's given us the responsibility to be good stewards of these bodies that are on loan to us. And let us also keep in mind that as we raise our children, we're leaving a legacy for them. We want to have an impact on our children so as they grow up, they can make good choices on their own one day. Sadly, as you may know, there's an epidemic of childhood obesity in this country, and we're actually starting to see generations that are not going to be as healthy or live as long as their parents. Um, but the good news is we have the ability to make a difference and change the path set before them. If we teach them what healthy food and healthy living is now while they're young and under, and under our care, um, then they'll know how to make those decisions later on. 
I mentioned a few minutes ago why it's important to take care of yourself, um, improve your mood, give you more energy, build your immune system, prevent disease, help you care better for your family. But another one is also it'll help increase your worship. I work hard to try to live this out in my daily life. I attempt to eat in a way that keeps me feeling great. And in return, I'm better able to perform the roles God has given me and called me to. When I'm not eating well, or if I'm eating things that I know don't agree with my body, which I do do on occasion, I get moody, I grumble, I complain, I feel sluggish, I mope around, I don't want to get off the couch, I find myself consuming more coffee than is necessary to get through the day, Um, I may snap at my husband or my child because I'm irritable, I can't think clearly, I can go on and on and on. Um, But truly the thing that's upsetting the most when I'm not caring for myself is that I have a really hard time praying. Um, My thinking gets foggy. I can't think clearly enough to pray and spend time with the Lord, so even my worship is affected. Today I want to share with you how you can start to make healthier choices for yourself and your family, and I want to answer some questions that you may have. I will mainly be talking about food because that's something that we all have in common, and it's a category that has such an impact on our health. Think about this. Three times a day, you're making choices about what you eat for both yourself and your family. Three times a day, these choices are either building your body up and giving you the fuel your body needs to run the millions of processes it has to do every day, or you're giving your body foreign substances that require a lot of energy to break down and eliminate. Our bodies weren't designed to process the preservatives and chemicals that are commonly found in a lot of the foods on the market today. What I do on a daily basis in my work is I work with people one-on-one to address their health goals. I work with people of all ages, all conditions, both acute, which is a short-term illness, or chronic conditions. Um, And I always, in the process, address diet and recommend specific dietary changes. In conventional medicine, or, you know, regular medicine, um, overall diet is not given much um, importance. And most medical doctors only get a few hours of nutrition in medical school if they get any at all. So this isn't a category they're going to address with you just because they're not trained in it. Naturopathic doctors, on the other hand, spend numerous hours learning nutrition and the effects of food on the body. So I do actually consider myself more of an expert in this area. Every day I see the profound effects of dietary changes on health. I get the joy of helping people feel better from issues such as fibromyalgia, fatigue, insomnia, um, digestive distress and pain, blood sugar issues, thyroid issues, skin conditions, chronic infections, um, and so on. Um, What I do is very individualized, so I spend a lot of time figuring out what each person needs. So in a minute, I actually wanted to open it up and answer some of your questions, Um, but before I do that, I kind of have a few I'm going to start with that are some commonly asked questions that I get, Um, you know, and... And I'm a mom just like y'all, so I kind of understand the shoes you're walking in. Um, Okay, so a a question I get often is, how do I keep processed foods out of my house when my kids only want junk food or sugar? And my, my suggestion would be to start slowly. Start slowly to change the food you buy and the snacks you give them. Um, If you need to be incredibly gradual and sneaky because you have really picky children, (laughs) um, you can start by buying junk food and sugary food that's free of chemicals and preservatives. 
Um, so you can kind of buy a little healthier version of the junk food at first. Uh, I love Trader Joe's for a lot of reasons. Um, one thing I find, though, is a lot of their snacks don't contain a lot of the chemicals that you'll find in just can, the regular snacks you find at the typical grocery store. Um, so you can always start slowly to incorporate healthier versions of the snacks they eat now. Um, and then you can work to negotiate with them a little. Um, for example, if they're used to having a snack and, you know, they're used to getting four cookies, you know, I'd recommend, hey, let's, you know, negotiate with them. Say you can have two cookies, but before you eat your cookies, let's eat some carrot sticks, you know. And before you long, you'll be surprised. You'll eventually be able to eliminate the cookies and then maybe give them some carrot sticks and some fruit. And so um, before you know it, um, you'll be able to help start start changing what you're doing in your house and the food you're offering and the snacks you're giving. And the great news is that our taste buds regenerate. So isn't that really kind of God? So any taste we've gotten accustomed to, we can actually retrain our taste buds because they're going to turn over and regenerate. So if your kids are kind of gotten addicted to a certain taste or certain sugar, after just a few weeks of being off of it or changing, they're going to forget about it because they're not going to have that craving or that desire as much anymore. Um, and if you have older kids, you know, you can ex begin to explain to them why it's important to eat healthy and the concept of honoring God with their bodies. And just like with any change, change is hard at first, but the longer you do it, the easier it becomes. So just hang in there. Uh, this is another one I get quite often is, what do I do if I have a picky eater who won't eat anything healthy that I provide or make? And that's a really tricky one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's always a hard one. Um, my best advice is be creative and keep on trying. Um, often kids will grow out of their pickiness, but I know that's a tough place to be in. Um, a few, just a few ideas that I think of off the top of my head are, you know, if you want to get more vegetables into kids, you can make smoothies. You can shove a whole lot of spinach into a smoothie and add some banana and some berries, and they won't even know that it's loaded up with spinach. Or in the summer when it's really hot, you can freeze those make them into little popsicles. Um, also, you know, Google is our best friend these days, so you can Google creative ways to disguise vegetables. And I know there's great resources. Another one I always like is cauliflower mashed potatoes. Um, you just steam up some, mashed, some cauliflower and puree it and season it just like you would mashed potatoes and see if your kids will notice. Don't tell them what it is at first. You know, just see if they'll notice. You might be surprised. Um, another creative way to help get vegetables in is hummus. A lot of kids love hummus, and hummus comes in all kinds of flavors. So you can, um, I, I would recommend offer a lot of vegetables and let them dip it in the hummus. Um, if they won't eat raw vegetables, then, you know, steam them. Or if they can't chew the raw vegetables yet, you can steam them. Um, and kids love to dip. And hummus is actually really healthy. You know, it's made from beans, so it has some protein and some fiber as well. Um, uh, another question... What do I do if I have not been aware of health and my child is four years old already and is used to a certain way of eating and living? Where do I go from here? Well, I want to encourage you that it's never too late and you're not alone. I know there's other people in your shoes. And I also want to kind of flip that on you and give you a positive approach to that. Your child is only four years old and you have many years left to still impact them, impact their health while they're under your care. So great job that you would want to get started. Um, start somewhere, commit yourself to the process, and just don't give up. And before you know it, you're going to have made progress, and you'll be really excited and surprised about the progress you've made. 
Um, the way I eat today and the changes that I've made have been um, nine years in the making. So it wasn't overnight. And actually, that's the best way to make changes is slow and steady because then they become a lifestyle change and that becomes more permanent. Um, so yeah. So now I'm going to take a few minutes. We have some time. And I want to see if I can address any of your questions that you may have regard regarding health or feeding your family, anything like that. So um, if anyone wants to raise your hand, and I'll probably repeat the question so the recording can pick it up. Anybody? Okay, yes. Here, why don't you speak into the mic? Let's do it that way. Can you just review the basic minimum amount of exercise that we're supposed to be doing? Because I feel like that's the thing I never make time for. Sure. Well, I don't have any statistics to give you, but I'll tell you kind of what I encourage um, the people I work with. Um, we all know the benefits of exercise, and just moving your body is important, just in that rhythmic, um, continual motion on a regular basis, because that's going to move your lymphatic system, it's going to move your blood flow, it's going to help deliver nutrition and oxygen to your cells, it's going to help eliminate waste. So I like to tell people, start somewhere, okay? Because if you do nothing, something is better than nothing. So if you do nothing, start with something. And if you can only do five or ten minutes a day to start, that's great. Because really what we need to do is just start the habit. You know, before you know it, you'll be able to give it more time. But I think really, as moms that are busy... If you could find 20 minutes a day to go take a walk with the kids and put, throw them in the stroller and just kind of go at a, a brisk pace, I think that's actually a really great thing to do for a busy mom who has no time. If you can find those 20 minutes. If you can only find five, do five, you know, or do, you know, do some squats in the kitchen uh, while between, you know, doing dishes or something, you know. Anything is better than nothing. Um, and I think it's hard because, I mean, I live the same busy life that y'all do as well, and it, it's hard to find that time. But just remembering something's better than nothing. And, and exercise is individualized, too. Like, some people can handle the, an intense, you know, hardcore, strenuous, you know, weights and, and all that. But really, just to be healthy, I think 20 minutes a day of moving consistently is will get you pretty far. Over here. Um, we're a family of five kids, so, and we see our grandparents quite often, you know. So having ice cream and treats at the grandparents' house is not just once a month, twice a month, but it's like three days a week. And how do you detox your kids or re-even train your parents to live these healthy choices you're trying to make for your family? You know, because in our house, it's one thing, but it's like... It's a birthday party, a family get-together, uh, something else, and it's like, here, have another one. This one right here, you know. So um, I struggle with communicating our healthy choices. You know, a donut's fine, but four is, is a lot. <laughs> and, and I don't appreciate you doing this to my kid, you know. So. That's a really good question. I think a lot of people probably share that same issue. Um, well, I think it would be important to start with having the communication with the grandparents, for sure. If you have that open line of communication, like, you know, just talking to them about, hey, this is what we're trying to do, you know, but then also recognizing that they're grandparents and they like to spoil. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they want to give them treats. So I don't know if maybe together you can come up with some creative ways of like, you know, offering some of the stuff you do at home, like maybe share those ideas with the grandparents of like, hey, why, can we start doing some healthier snacks or treats? And the kids will still think they're a treat, you know, but just maybe have that conversation with them. That is hard. And the whole birthdays all the time. That's a tough one. I mean, I think sometimes as parents, we just have to set limits for our kids too. And sometimes we just have to say like, look, this is your second birthday party today. You had cake at the last one. You can't have cake at this one, you know? Um, (laughs) Or you're going to two birthday parties today. You know, decide which one you'd rather have the cake at, you know? Because, I mean, that's a lot of sugar, a lot. Um, So I think just remembering that we're not... You know, oftentimes as parents, we can think we're depriving our kids, but really we do them more of an injustice if we set them up for failure by not teaching them how to have um, self-control, how to have restraints, how to know when it's okay to have a treat, when it's okay to refrain. You know, so I, th- I think that's a hard balance we live in as parents is, is, is wanting to not, like, let them feel like they're not deprived, but then also teaching them, you know, important life lessons too. So I, I think too, at that age, it's, you know, if your kids are old enough to have that conversation, you know, and when your kids are young, you can still, you can still give them apple slices and be like, here, you know, um, so take advantage of that while they're little and they don't know what real cookies are yet. Take advantage of not giving them cookies, <laughs> you know, use that to your advantage to just give them fruit as a sweet snack. Um, did I answer your question? I think so. It's, it's a tough, it's a t- it is hard. It is hard. I think, I think, I know some relationships, it's easier than others with grandparents, you know, like I'm grateful that on both sides of our family, they're very open to, I guess it helps because they know what I do for a living, but you know, they're open and we can have that conversation and I know they're not going to be sneaking foods. I don't want my kid to eat on the side, you know? Um, but, but I just start there. If you can start there talking with them, you know, showing them like, Hey, next time you go to the store, why don't you pick X, Y, or Z up instead? you know, a healthier version of that snack and just help them be able to spoil them, but do it in a little bit of a better way. Yeah. So. I'll repeat that. Cause that's really good. Jenny said she, she's just started to bring food to her mom's house because she just doesn't like what's offered. And, and I agree too for the first, I, I still do my little boys too. And I still bring most of his food places. Cause he's still, he's just getting to the point where he's starting to be like, well, what's that? I want that. So I've highly capitalized on him not knowing and used that opportunity to just feed him good food. And so now, you know, sometimes too, if we're going certain places, I'll bring the healthier version of what I know is going to be there. <laughs> so that's another thing to do. Yeah. It puts more work on us as parents, but you know, if you plan enough in advance, it's not, it's not as challenging. Okay, question? Oh, here, and then I'll get you, Gina. I have the same sugar problem with my four year, five-year-old. Um, my question is, uh, what, what should I be looking for in terms of grams of sugar when I pack his lunch? Because I already am at Trader Joe's doing the little... Annie's bunnies and things like that, but or the the yogurt squeezy. But before I know it, he's he's full of sugar, and he struggles with regularly going to the bathroom. So I'm constantly trying to put healthy options, but um, he's very picky, um, and so I just want to know how I can monitor that better. Well, grams. <clears throat> breakfast, lunch, dinner, total, 
Yeah, I don't have an exact number for you, which is probably not the answer you wanted. I would say you want your sugars to come more from natural sources rather than all the packaged stuff. So if you can limit the amount of packaged snacks he gets with sugar in them and make his sugar more from fruit or, you know, if there is some sugar in the yogurt you give him. Um, wait, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Oh, okay. So my question back to you is when you're packing his lunch, I would wonder, I know you say he's picky. How do you do with vegetables? Are there vegetables you're able to put into his lunch? He doesn't eat them, but I put them in. <laughs> <laughs> well, A plus for trying and keep on trying. She said she puts them in there, but he doesn't eat them. So keep trying and keep getting creative. At some point, he might surprise you when the lunch comes home and some of the vegetables are eaten. So I would always say, you know, go in that train of thought. Like, what can you put into his lunch that doesn't have sugar first? And then if you're going to add a snack or two and that does have sugar, that way you know the lunch isn't loaded up with sugary snacks. Um, it's hard to give a number because I would give a really low number and you'd probably think I'm crazy and that's unrealistic. I mean, I honestly would try to not give... This is me. Again, I told you, this is nine years in the making, okay? And I don't have a five-year-old yet. I'm still at two. So I don't know what it's like to have a five-year-old yet, so I can't speak on that point. But on a daily basis, I would probably not be giving any snacks with sugar in them. I would make the sugar the fruit. And then on the weekends or if we go somewhere, that's when they would get the sugary snack. But on a daily basis, I would try... You know, and if you can give snacks like... You know, my little guy loves those organic veggie straws. Like, to me, that's still, I mean, it's still, it's processed. It's a healthier processed snack. But to me, it's like, I'd rather him have that than a snack with cookies and sugar, you know? So if you can just think in terms of that, like, you know, if you're going to give them the, the snack snack that they like, try and do the ones that just have less sugar in them and keep on trying those vegetables. Yes. <laughs> One day he'll eat them. <laughs> okay. Regina had a question. Questions right. in one, like packing it in there. Um, what are your thoughts on the importance, or maybe not so important sometimes, as like staying organic, local, grass fed, or even vegan? What would be your reply to that? That was a lot of questions in one. No. Okay, so organic, I get that often. Um, what does organic mean, first of all? Let's talk about that. Organic means there are less chemicals in your food. It does not mean your food's even free of chemicals. So that's kind of like a sobering thought that, oh, wow, our food is still has pesticides and herbicides and all that stuff. So organic means there's a significant amount less. Um, organic also means the food cannot be USDA organic. That's their regulation. Also means the food cannot be genetically modified. That's a whole other discussion that I'd be happy to talk about another day. But um, <clears throat> genetically modified means we're actually going in and changing the genes and putting bacteria and antibiotics into the genes of the food to change how they're grown. <clears throat> so, um, so organic, I would say if you're able to buy organic, that's always a great option because you're giving your kid less chemicals, okay? Less herbicides, less pesticides. Um, organic is also something that is more expensive. Sadly, we live in a country where you can buy really horrible food that's going to make you unhealthy, but that's what you can afford if you don't you know, if you have a low income. So sadly, our, our priorities in this country are kind of backwards because if you want to eat healthy, you know, the vegetables, produce, it costs more, right? <clears throat> Especially organic does. Um, you can shop really wisely, and I do this because I shop weekly on a pretty 
you know, on, on a budget, on a grocery budget. And um, I do buy what I can organic. Um, but I, I shop around and I know the places that have the best prices. So Trader Joe's is a great spot. Um, they're often comparable with Walmart even. I think sometimes they're even cheaper than Walmart. Um, but, you know, Whole Foods is a little more pricey. Trader Joe's is a better competitive option for if you want to buy healthier food, less chemicals, more organic. Um, the other thing, too, there's a great resource. It's called the EWG, the Environmental Working Group. And every year they do research on which of the produce, vegetables, and fruit are, hi are highest sprayed in pesticides and herbicides and which are lowest. So every year they come out with a new list, and they call it the Dirty Dozen Clean 15. And so they'll tell you, hey, these are the dirtiest, that's what they call them, the dirtiest fruits and vegetables, the ones that are highest in chemicals, pesticides, herbicides. So what I, what I then recommend to people is, you know, if you can't buy anything organic, maybe try and find the few, um, the top of the dirty list, the Dirty Dozen list, and buy those organic. Because at least you know you're offering your kids the healthier version of that food. And I know real commonly, it's almost always apples and strawberries that are on the top of that list. Um, but then, you know, the clean, the clean 15, um, you know, they're going to be the lowest. So there's no need to try and, you know, unless you have, unless you have a plethora of money in your food budget, which would be awesome. And you can buy everything organic. Awesome. Then, you know, the clean 15 stuff, you know, you don't have to worry so much about buying that organic cause it's, it's lower. Um, it's not as heavily sprayed. Okay. So I answered local. Yes. Yeah, so the thing, so Local and organic are going to be different too, though, because your local, local is good for a lot of reasons. The food you buy in the grocery store is old. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but the produce you're eating was picked at least a week ago, you know? And so what happens is, you know, if you think about it, if you ever have a garden or somebody with a garden and you go and pick the fresh fruit or vegetables that were eaten, that taste is really rich, right? It's real juicy and tasty. Well, just what happens is with anything, the, the further away from when it's been picked, just the nutrient content starts to go down. You know, the flavor starts to go down. So the good thing about buying local is you can eat it a lot more closely to when it was picked. So it's going to be higher in, you know, nutrient content. Um, however, organic is still a whole other issue because, you know, the local farmer could be loading them, assaulting them with, herbicides and pesticides, you don't know. Now, I've, I've been to a few of the farmer's markets, haven't been in a while, but if you start having conversations with some of the farmers, um, a lot of them don't have an organic label because that is really time-consuming and uh, expensive for them to get the organic label, but they might tell you, like, there's a, there's a farm on the North Shore that we go and pick blueberries, and they just use a garlic oil. That's what they use as their their um their spray they don't use any real chemical stuff um so again they don't have an organic label because they haven't paid the thousands and thousands of dollars to be recognized and go through the paperwork um but you know i feel pretty good knowing that they're just spraying garlic oil as their their pesticide so i think if you go to places like farmers markets or you go to a local farm and you can have those conversations you probably would end up being pretty comfortable knowing you know how they take care of their crop um Vegan. Vegan is a whole nother, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, again, how I mentioned that what I do is really individualized. Um, I think there's a time and a place for a vegan diet and it's not for everybody. Um, obviously a plant, more of a plant-based diet. Let me back up. Vegan. What does vegan mean? Vegan means no animal products. Okay. So no, you're not eating animal products. You're not drinking the milk from a cow or cheese or anything like that. So there's no animal products involved. 
I think there's a time and a place for a diet like that, depending on certain health conditions. But um, I don't know that that's the best diet for every person on a daily basis. But I would say, and I, I think most people would agree, just common sense, a more plant-based diet, you know, just incorporating more plants into your diet and less animal products. Because animal products, you know, they can have a lot of issues. They tend to be more inflammatory. You know, protein, animal meat's a lot harder on the digestive tract. Um, but no one will argue really like eating more leafy greens or eating more broccoli, you know, like that's pretty common sense that having more plant-based diet is a healthier diet. Um, so I, the vegan thing is always more individualized, um, but eating more plant-based, um, and foods that grow out of the ground is healthy for anybody. Okay. I probably have time for one more question. I need to keep an eye on the clock. Okay. Shannon. Okay, so within the last couple, I guess the last month, my husband got diagnosed with high blood pressure, like ended up in the ER and it's sky high and has type 2 diabetes. He has been prescribed three medicines and he's having really bad side effects to them. So we're thinking this whole naturopath route, we've talked a lot about diet. We already eat really healthy. We already exercise. So what other things do you explore with your patients other than just diet? Good question. Um, yes, so I see that type of a situation often. And, um, you know, I'll, well, I'm going to look at the diet. Like, so let's just say your husband came in. I would definitely look at the diet because what, what he has been told may not be what's best for his body. Does that make sense? So there's definitely ways I most likely can tweak it. Um, and what conventional medicine tends to tell diabetics how to eat is usually what actually leads to higher blood sugar and the the insulin burning out and all that kind of stuff anyway. So it's actually not a helpful diet they recommend. Again, not knowing what y'all are doing, you know, so I'm just speaking in general terms. There's a lot of other things that go into blood pressure, blood sugar. Um, I do a lot looking at people's adrenal gland function, you know, the adrenal glands. Um, they're these two little glands that sit on top of the kidneys. They help regulate your blood pressure. They help regulate your blood sugar. They help produce your sex hormones. So your, your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, um, your cortisol rhythm, which, which is your... Cortisol has a lot of functions in the body, but it's um, how your body helps regulate inflammation um, and have a proper inflammatory response when it needs to. Um, it helps your sleep-wake cycle. So um, I would definitely look at that area. I would look at minerals. Our soil is depleted in minerals. So even if you have a great organic diet full of vegetables, the soil doesn't have the minerals, so the minerals aren't making it into the food. And I see people walking around with all kinds of chronic diseases lately that are simply just depleted because our food supply is depleted. So those would be areas I would start looking into um, just off the top of my head. Um, I do not take insurance. <laughs> I cannot take insurance in the state because it's where... Okay, so let me give you that little tidbit real quick. Um, we're... Louisiana in the South doesn't recognize what I do right now. So though I'm trained in Arizona and I was trained as a primary care doctor, and if I was in Arizona, you could see me as a primary care doctor. I could take insurance, all that cool stuff. Um, the, this, we're just behind in this part of the country. So I'm here as a pioneer. <laughs> there's, there's literally five of us in the state that um, went to accredited schools. Um, so one day we'll hopefully be able to raise money, lobby, get, get a law passed, and then we'll be able to take insurance. But we're not there yet, sadly. Um, but I always like to tell people, you know, this is just an investment in your health. And, and truly the insurance system and the healthcare system we have is set up more for sick care. I mean, you go when you're sick and it just promotes that process. So sadly, we still are in a country where if you want to be healthy, you know, you've got to make the diet changes. 
you've got to do the exercise. You've got to, sadly, we have to invest, you know. But I like to tell people a little bit of money in what I do goes a long way, you know, and it's still cheaper than all the bills and the co-pays and, and all that the other way. So <laughs> you're welcome. Okay, so is it quick? Maybe. Okay, try real quick. Um, do you have any thoughts on how nutrition affects sleep for children, especially? Do you have any thoughts on how nutrition affects sleep for kids? Nutrition definitely affects sleep for kids. (laughs) No, um, it does. It does. Uh, certain foods you're, that might not be agreeing with your kids' bodies, they can just cause their whole little rhythm to get out of whack. Sugar, processed foods, all that can impact their sleep. Definitely. And if you suspect something, then play around with that food group. Take it out for a little while, see what you notice. You know, that's the short answer. Okay, so I have a few little closing comments real quick. Okay, so hopefully you found what I've shared helpful. Hopefully I haven't overwhelmed any of you. But I want to spend a few minutes encouraging you. A lot of what I've discussed is not something that happens overnight, but real change occurs slowly and it's lasting. So it's okay if it takes time to implement some healthier ways of eating. And I want to encourage you to begin um, with just one thing at a time. And before you know it, you'll be surprised with the progress you've made. I also sense that eating well or making healthy choices for your family is a real struggle for some of you. Maybe it's because you're completely exhausted and overwhelmed and you don't know where to begin, which I know is a tough place for a lot of moms. Um, And maybe it's because you feel like you barely get by on a daily basis and the fact that you even ate was near miraculous. (laughs) If this is a real challenging area for you um, and you feel weak in this category, I want to encourage you to lean on God. Remember when Paul was pleading with God to remove the thorn in his side in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And God responded to him saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God wants you to surrender in your weakness and allow him to help you. Don't rely on your own strength. Go to him. He has the power. So thank you all again.